0: Welcome to Crad Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty well, man. It's always exciting for draft week, despite the you know world still being stuck in quarantine. Hope hopefully everybody out there is safe and sound and social distancing. But I, I'll bet you this will be the biggest ratings of any sporting event possible that you could think of and it's the nfl draft i mean how amazing is it going to be on thursday the world is going to be paying attention to the nfl draft
0: yeah absolutely i mean sports fans have been so starved for just anything and you know it kind of started on sunday with the michael jordan documentary coming out and yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm not sure if you caught that. How is it? I have not seen it, was... it yet. I've
1: only heard good things. Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I
0: enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah, definitely worth a watch if you if you haven't seen it yet. But that kind of got the ball rolling. And then we got the draft on Thursday and, you know, Friday and Saturday, obviously, as well. And, you know, so many storylines surrounding the draft as well as as, you know, all these teams are going to be drafting remotely and how is that going to work and they're already having some technical problems so I think that this draft is going to be absolutely fascinating I cannot wait we're, we're here on Tuesday uh, April 21st and, and you know pretty pretty proud of myself for knowing that off the top of my head but we, we're, we're less than 48 hours away from the draft and uh, it cannot come
1: here soon enough it really can't you know and it, you you are so right the fascinating wrinkles to this draft now here's here's what i question is i know that we're still gonna have three nights so it's not like it's gonna be a shorter broadcast but are we really gonna need that much time between picks I mean, we don't have to wait for all the hugs and someone to walk out to the commissioner and all that mess. I I just wonder if they will shorten that time for this year. What do you think about that?
0: I think think they're going to keep the same time. Honestly, I was thinking that they might add some time uh, because communication, even within the team itself, is going to be harder and take more time you know with bandwidth problems that a lot of the coaches and gms are complaining about and you know it's it's going to be Well that's a to good point especially when there's
1: are still going to be trades and all that I'm yeah, not I'm not all, yeah. I'm not giving trades the uh, <coughs> excuse me I'm not giving trades the respect that I should be for there so you're right Yeah and, and you got to think I mean are there going to be fewer trades just cuz it is going to be
0: harder to pull off and you don't want to rush into something that you feel they'll feel comfortable with or whatever the case might be or are there going to be teams who feel like they can take advantage of other teams and other setups and, uh, you know, be hyper aggressive in this type of draft where they, where they see some opportunity. So it could, it could
1: go either way. Well, I'll, I'll say this, no matter where it goes, I am very confident that Eric DaCosta is going to perform well. Yes, whether that yes. be whether that be sticking where we are and and you know making making use of all of this you know bounty of draft picks that we have this season or whether we trade some of that to move up and and get certain guys that we have targeted uh to make this team the super bowl super bowl winner we want and have at it but I I am so confident in Eric DaCosta with every move he has made so far.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he just seems like he would be a little bit more savvy uh, technologically and that kind of stuff than some of the other a little bit more old-school GMs and coaches, I guess. So, yeah. agree. Well, he's a good
1: mix. I mean, because he's Mm -hmm. also, let's face it, who's making the pick for the Dallas Cowboys? Is it really the GM of the Dallas Cowboys or is it Jerry Jones? He is the you know, GM of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, well, that's my point. And and it it's you've got Jerry Jones sitting in front of a computer <laughs> with none of his scouts around him.
0: Yeah. And he's it's, making
1: yeah. the I mean, now, granted, he may just do that anyway, every year for the first round pick, but that's all seven rounds of the draft. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones is sitting in, you know what I mean? Like he's not right. doing that every year. So I wonder if he's not the person that's sitting on that. In the desk who is And do they really have the authority To make, to choose whoever I mean because they don't have other people there I mean it's just that There's a lot of fascinating wrinkles Yeah, you know, yeah it, On, it, it, on it, it, who really has control Of the draft Who is really it, that it, person sitting in that chair You know like Clicking on the player <laughs> You know on their Microsoft Teams call Or however they're doing it Where they choose a player
0: Um, right. And then, you know, you think about, you think about a team with a lot of new pieces in their front office, like the Browns, you know, they have a new GM this year, you know, how fast has that team been able to get some chemistry going and really have some good conversations and, you know, really have good constructive discussions about who to pick. I mean, like, you know, it it, it can even go back that far, which, you know, even adds to the, uh, as to the intrigue here which is which no is doubt i mean it, it definitely
1: an, another reason why i'm sorry to speak over you there but another reason why it bodes well for the ravens is that they have had such consistency in their structure in both the top even with eric DaCosta you know being a relatively new gm he's been such a force in the organization especially with the draft you know mm-hmm. for so long this really this is old hat for him you know being able to sit there if he had to run the whole drop by himself with nobody else, I'd be okay let's yeah. go have at yeah. it you know so yeah I he's think certainly earned uh, that
0: yeah he yeah. has he's earned our confidence and and you know hopefully he will continue to prove us right but um we have kind of a different episode planned here today um we are going to go on the draft network we're sharing screens right now and we're going to go through a mock draft together live as we record we're going to do all seven rounds we are just doing the free version here so we're not pulling off any trades or anything like that so we're going to stick with all the ravens um original draft positions here and uh wait hang on a second you know i think you only did one round oh okay so we'll, we'll restart here but we, we just want to see, you know, according to the Draft Network and, and you know, who who are possibilities, who are uh, some guys to keep an eye on in certain rounds, and, you know, who who might the Ravens be picking from realistically. Um, so we're in the first round here. We just kicked off the draft. Um, Joe Burrow went first, and, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But as you go to get into the teens and the early 20s, uh, there's a lot of a lot of different things that could happen here. So as we look at the board, uh, we're we're at number 28 here. Um, you know, the top guys according to the Draft Network available are DeAndre Swift, the running back; J.K. Dobbins, another running back; Jordan Love; Jonathan Taylor. You know, so four guys that the Ravens probably don't really have their eyes set on. And and I've seen a few. Uh, People mock the Ravens picking DeAndre Swift, uh, the running back, out of Georgia, who is extremely talented. He's really, really good. But can you really see the Ravens taking a running back in the first round? I think
1: that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, and and look, it says nothing about the talent of the player. And I even understand the point that, okay, the Ravens, are a rushing powerhouse. We need to make sure we add a running back. I, I'm okay with that thought, but not in the first round. Uh-huh. Not with the defensive issues. Whether you know, if if the Ravens draft an offensive player in the first round, to me, it's a it's a guard. Yeah, you, have, you know, if you're if you're gonna because I, I, there are two positions that you potentially would draft in this draft in the first round outside of offensive line, it would be wide receiver because there's just that much talent there, but there's just that much talent there. I think, you know, you have to prioritize certain positions because there's so much depth at others. Wide receiver is one, I think, and we'll talk about this more when we get to the second round. But for me, there are too many good wide receivers throughout the draft, that I've got to attack that, whether it be edge, whether it be outside linebacker, or excuse me, inside linebacker, um, an impact defender, who whatever that is, um, is what I want out of our first round pick. What do you think about that? No,
0: I, I completely agree with you. I think wide receiver can wait because of the, the depth of the position. I, you know, so... As I kept doing my own mock drafts, I just felt as though the rest of the board fell better when the Ravens go offensive line early, um, you know, because there are some linebacker prospects that might be available in second and third round, like Malik Harrison and Logan Wilson, who has made a meteoric rise uh, on the board. He's the linebacker out of Wyoming. And, and you know, there's going to be guys that are available not in round one. So even if the Ravens don't go get Kenneth Murray or they don't go get Patrick Queen, I think they're OK. The other position that really s- sticks out to me, obviously, is the edge. And unfortunately, uh, in our mock draft here, Yutor uh, U- Grosmatos just went off the board a couple picks ahead of us. And, uh, you know, he, he was a guy that I, I might I might have my eye on or A.J. Apenesa is still on the board for us here. Um for me, if if at all possible, the guy is Cesar Ruiz, the center and guard out of Michigan. I think he's just a good. He, he can he can he can step in in on day one and be a starter at center, or he can move over to guard. I think solidifying that interior line, especially as we continue to want to run the ball a lot and protect Lamar Jackson, however, however much we can,
1: that's got to be the key. I agree with you. If he were to be there now, of course, in this scenario, he's been picked. He was picked by the Dolphins, two picks, two selections before our Mm -hmm. our chance. Same with Gross Matos. He's off the board. Patrick Queen, he is off the board. You know, we do have uh, Murray uh, is on the board for us here. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. You know, there are a lot of mocks, you know, that that point towards him. Now as as you mentioned, in my mocks that that I was doing now granted, you know it, it, the the mock is only going to be as good as the database and the rankings you know mm-hmm. so who knows how rankings at the the stack up to how the NFL sees these players but certainly, As the the draft falls, as you said, you can kind of see where the depth is. Maybe you're not seeing where, you know, truly where specific players are going to be ranked, but you're starting to see the depth. And I agree with you. In the drafts where I did not take a Murray or even a Queen with that first round pick, it seemed to fall better later in the draft. And you could find guys like... Whether it be Malik Harrison, Logan Wilson, uh, I think uh, Akeem Gaither from uh, Appalachian State, some of the players, you know, even a Troy Die or, um, you know, we we you know we'll we'll talk about all those players as we as we get to the later rounds. But there just seems to be more depth when you don't take that player. So, with that said, I think we can both rule out taking kenneth murray here i think would you agree with that out of the available yes. players we're already crossing off kenneth murray between both of our conversations so let's yeah and I, let's I would, set I, I would him aside that
0: the do that anyway I, i'm not sure that I yeah. murray in the first round yeah like.
1: it, there's something about him i don't love now granted we may draft him and he's you know our favorite player the next 10 years
0: you know mm-hmm. as
1: as we showed during training camp with our offensive line evaluations we certainly didn't have any clue who was going (laughs) to win and and how good a player was. So Mm -hmm. we'll just have to see, we'll just have to see how it goes. But I, I, I certainly agree with you. You know, Murray is not, not my choice at least out of the, the players currently available to us. Now I'm going to throw out some names outside of, you mentioned AJ Epinesa. Um, I think, you know, here's some other players that I would choose from. um, And I'm going to, I'm going to narrow it down to three players. So we've got AJ Epinesa, Zach Bond, the edge linebacker out of Wisconsin, and then Neville Gallimore, the interior defensive lineman, excuse me, interior defensive lineman out of Oklahoma, who, if you haven't seen his highlight reel tape, he would be, you know, had we not signed Derek Wolf, he would have been my obvious pick here, if not Epinesa. Um, How do you feel about those three players? Is that fair to narrow it down to them at this point? Yeah, for for the guys available to
0: us, I think so. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Ipanesa. I think I said last um, episode that he just looks like a guy, He's that he he's ready to be a starter on the defense or a contributor on the defense and make the defense better immediately. You know, we uh, we kind of talked about him in tandem with Itor Matos, who I wasn't as sure about because uh, there's a lot of, work to be done there with his technique but AJ Epinesa has really good technique Zach Bond I'm not as sure at about uh I I think last time I also said he kind of reminds me of like the in-between kind of guy like Kamalai Correa. so I'm not sure that like with our first round pick we pick a guy who we don't really know exactly well at least I don't know exactly how how we would use him or he gets pigeonholed into one role. I would want our guy to be our, our first round pick to be able to do everything that we might ever want to ask of him. Neville Gallimore is, is a beast. And um right here in this spot, I would be okay with a or Gallimore. So I'll, I'll let you pick. He's Gallimore is a stud. And, and I, I know that I, I last, the last episode, again, I said, bad things about Big 12 defenders, but I think Gallimore is a little bit different in this case.
1: I, I agree. I think he really would add an interesting piece uh, to the interior defensive line. Um, you know, that said, I think a guy like Epinesa, uh, to me, is more of a need for depth at this point. Now, depth in the defensive line, interior defensive line is still important because we've got a lot of age there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that said, I think in the end, I think AJ Epinesa, you know, there's, there's a really good write up here actually in the draft network. I was reading this earlier today and one of the guys just mentions how he is a tailor made fit for the new England Patriots style of defensive lineman. And you know what a, de- a new England Patriots defi- style defensive lineman is? essentially a Baltimore Ravens style defensive lineman. I mean, let's be real. So um, he really is to me, a guy that's going to be a plug and play. He may not be a hall of fame kind of player, but he's going to be that stud anchor on the edge of your defense, you know, who provides, you know, seven to 10 sacks a season, you know, that's, just your solid anchor of a defensive lineman. What do you think yep. about that as the pick? Let's pick him. AJ Pinesco right. from Baltimore. Welcome right. to Baltimore, AJ. Here
0: we go simulating through the next one. So we're going to be at 55 here. And here's where I think things get a little bit interesting because we do get to some of these skill players who I am highly interested in. Um, particularly the wide receivers, and it's it's very interesting because the Ravens have picked 55 and 60. So if they like two guys at 55, then there's a there's a actually decent chance that that person will also be available at 60. So um, on the Draft Network's predictive board, some of the top remaining guys here are Kyle Duggar, the safety from Lenore Ryan, hyper athletic guy, Ashton Davis, uh, safety from California. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who I really liked, wide receiver out of USC. LaVisca Chenault, um, the wide receiver out of Colorado. T. Higgins, the wide receiver out of Clemson. So you can kind of see the skill players are stacking up here. You now we got Raquan Davis, the defensive lineman from Alabama, and Trayvon Diggs, the local kid, um, the corner from
1: Alabama. And, you know, there's other, other. Highly rated players Other guys, potentially well, but... You know, I, I mean The interesting thing is When you get Especially when you get To this point in the draft Is you never know How the Ravens may Rank a player mm-hmm. Over others I mean, you think about um Coletti Semeli In the second round Several years ago I mean, I don't I remember looking into Offensive linemen Pretty intensely that year Because mm-hmm. we wanted to find A tackle or somebody You know, yeah. and I remember when we took Pelletio assembly being like, who? You know, and then they <laughs> finally got to talking about him. And, you know, Mel Kuyper was like, oh, this is a perfect fit and blah, 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 blah. So I'm just waiting for the guy that isn't in any of these, you know, rankings that I look at that is actually a fantastic pick. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting how that falls sometimes. So, I mean, as I look at some of the other players here, you know, the only... You know, I, the only name that even comes, or names, I guess, that start jumping out at me at this point as you go down the list would be guys like uh, Julian Aquara from Notre Dame, the edge player, Malik Harrison from Ohio State. Now they're they're farther down the list, however. So as you said, we've gotten, you know, we've got both fifty-five and sixty, so we can take one of these players here, or you know, double up however you want to do it. So I think that in my choice or in my mind here, we could go Jonah Jackson, you know, from Ohio state interior offensive lineman. He's certainly someone to think about here just because of the, you know, dearth of interior offensive lineman here at the moment in this particular pool of players. Um, I know he's got some, I, I, I liked what I've read about him, I believe. Um, and you know, he, I believe is a transfer. Let me, let's look at his, uh, Correct. Yes, he was a transfer mm-hmm. from Rutgers that ended up uh, coming over and, and starting. And that's that's the kind of a player that, you know, I could see, you know, the Ravens really liking for one reason or, other, or another. Um, the redshirt senior that they think could come in and start right away. Um, something like that. Um, so anyway, we've got Jonah Jackson. We've also got some pretty intriguing wide receivers, as you mentioned. We've have, have Michael Pittman Jr., LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So yeah. what uh, talk, so about, those, talk about your
0: favorites here. My favorite guy here is Michael Pittman Jr., uh, the wide receiver from USC. Uh, he's big. He can separate. He's got strong hands. He's a good in-and-out route runner. Um, you know, not, not the crazy top level speed that we see from a guy like Hollywood, but enough uh, to make some big plays at all three levels. Uh, so I really like Pittman in this spot. Um, if he, if he drops this far, um, I do also like Jonah Jackson and he's a guy that might be there at 60. So, you know, you, you got to kind of weigh that decision as well. I think, you um, Pittman can be a playmaker and another big body uh, alongside a guy like Miles Boykin. So um, I, I think my guy here would be Pittman. Uh, Chenault, you know, we would have to get creative every time to get him the ball is what it seems like. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that the way that he got the ball in Colorado and and what I've seen from him is exactly what the Ravens do as far as like screens and drags and um, bubbles and stuff like that So I he doesn't really Seem as nice Of a fit but um, Of the wide receivers I
1: really like Pittman Here I think I, I agree with you I mean I think I think I look at this And I would probably Go with Pittman myself I think He's there is a little bit of a Separation for me certainly between Pittman and the other player Get Levin got some injury concerns you know he, he would bring some interesting special teams play to the table which is definitely something we need to look at but to me he is more of a carbon copy of hollywood the stuff that that made and chennault exciting at colorado is stuff i'd rather see the ravens use with hollywood at times or 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 even a would necessarily the other wide receiver on the team um, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't necessarily I agree with you that I don't I don't necessarily see the exact fit. T Higgins is interesting, he's got some great highlight reel mm-hmm. catches, everything else, but I think Pittman's a better player when you compare the two of them. So as as far as the wide receivers go, I definitely agree with you it would be Pittman over the other two. Any consideration to a Jonah Jackson over a wide receiver at this point, just looking at we could probably get a wide receiver five picks from now where we might not have a guard if you're concerned about that. Yeah. And like, that's what But later on, however, too, we've also got Robert Hunt from Louisiana, who a lot of people have said Mm -hmm. good things about. And, and he sounds like almost a perfect Ravens player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hunt is the guy that I didn't have in mind um, at this point in our draft here. Um, so that's why I was kind of leaning towards the wide receivers, but like you said, let's go with Pittman. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Michael Pittman Jr. Welcome to welcome to Baltimore 55.
1: And now here we go. And look at that. There we go. Jonah Jackson was taken one pick before us. Not, not a huge deal, as you said, because we still have Hunt on the board. Now hunt is still fairly far down the board. Um, however, you know, we have to look where it picks 60. Um, and what is our next pick? 92. 92. So we've got 30 picks between this second pick in the second round and and our next pick in the third round. So what, what are you looking at here? Should we go for Robert Hunt or should we see what else is on the board?
0: I think uh, this is a spot in which, well, our guy Malik Harrison is available too, so it's going to be a tough choice either way. Um, I think this is a spot where you really go offensive line. Um, You know, you helped helped Lamar once by getting a wide receiver, but now you got to keep him protected, especially with the departure of Marshall Yanda. Um, You know, I I referred to the linebacker depth a little bit with guys like Logan Wilson, uh, whom, whom very well might be gone, at this point in, in in the real draft, but, uh, you know, he's still available to us uh, in, in the draft network here. I think you got it. Well, and I gotta, think,
1: you know, there's something to be said. As much as I would – there's nothing I would like more than having a guy like Malik Harrison on this, on this defense, even if he wasn't a three-down player. Um, but with the way the Ravens are going to end up playing, you know, nickel-dime packages – Clark's really going to be the middle linebacker a good bit of the time. Um, It's not as important as finding that interior offensive lineman. Now, on the flip side, you know, just like we found out this season with with Bozeman, I mean, give some guys a couple years or at least a year under uh, some tutelage of our of our coaching staff. And they may turn into a pretty darn good offensive lineman. So a guy like Powers, don't discount him coming in and playing well. But with all of that said, I think how this draft is falling, I think we have to take Robert Hunt at this point. So I think that's the pick. What all do right, you think? right. Let's do it.
0: Let's go for it. So we'll see. Robert some Hunt, of our other... welcome
1: to Baltimore. Yeah.
0: We'll see some of our other favorites come off the board real quick here. Um has Harrison been picked yet?
1: Uh yeah, he definitely has. Okay. Been. So let's see where where so Aquara went to the Lions at pick 85. So he actually might have last he he was probably enticing the Ravens for a little while as he's he, he mm-hmm. kept falling. Uh let's see how how far did uh my man Donovan Peoples Jones, who actually I like quite a bit. Uh, he fell to 71. I like him a lot for the Ravens. I even in the second round, potentially how certain things fall. You know, there's there's something about him, especially with the Michigan connection. Um, I just I just think that could be good. Look at LaVisca Chenault falling to the first pick in the third round. That's interesting to me that he falls all the way all the way down to the third, considering he was a fringe first round pick. So it looks like uh, Malik Harrison, he went uh, three picks after we picked Hunt uh, to the Chiefs. So here we are. Yeah. So let's just go over our picks so far. So in the first round, we picked uh, A.J. Epenesa, the edge defender out of Iowa. Then we took uh, Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver from USC, with our first pick, number 55, in the second round. And we just recently took the interior offensive lineman from Louisiana, Robert Hunt. Um, so let's see. Let's go over who we have on the board. So uh, some of the positions we'd want to look for at this point would certainly be linebacker. Um, maybe double up an interior offensive line if we so choose. Wide receivers always deep in this draft. Maybe a tight end to add to some, to some depth there. Um, just looking at some of the players we have available, uh, it looks like Akeem Davis gather Is anyone else jumping out to you as I scroll through? That's that's the name that's standing out to me.
0: Um, you know, he's he's a really athletic, uh, decisive linebacker from what I've seen, and seems like he'd be a good fit alongside Chuck Clark, even in some of these like dime and nickel situations. Um, so I I like him I think he'd be a nice fit you know he said that he idolized Ray Lewis as he was growing up so you know he's got that connection there yeah it just seems like you know that would be a good fit for us Um, another name that I have my eye on I got three in a row right here number 99 um, is Kavon Wallace the safety out of Clemson uh, captain of the national championship team he's also you know very, very good player. I think adding to that secondary is kind of a dark horse selection that the Ravens might make just because, you know, Earl Thomas, getting a little bit older, um, you know, we don't know about Deshaun Elliott's health and, you know, his ability to actually get onto the field. And you can never have too many good players in that secondary. So I think Kavon Walsh is dark I horse. mean, think about
1: how deep we thought our secondary was. Uh, in mm. training camp last year and we had to trade for Marcus Peters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean it, so it's amazing how fast it can
0: happen. Yeah,
1: it it can it can happen like lightning. It's the same argument for drafting a running back. Um, you know, it, it's uh whew, I, I I don't know. I I agree with you. I I would definitely think about drafting a DB at some point in this draft. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but another thing to look at too, with some of these players is, is what might be out now. Certainly you don't want to, you don't want to draft by thinking, Oh, well there's some veteran free agents on the street, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not the end of the world. So let's say we don't get a tight end at some point in this draft and you think, Oh my gosh, well, we traded Hearst and you know, tight ends are such a big part of the offense. Well, then there's a guy like Delaney Walker who's a free agent and quite frankly, yeah. A a, a player like that who was, you know, the H-back, you know, sort of all that jack-of-all-trades kind of player back with the Niners and then turned himself into a Pro Bowl-caliber tight end with the Titans. I mean, he's almost perfect, quite frankly, as a guy to come in on a, you know, relatively reasonable contract, you know, to come in and be a a part-time player because that's really kind of what he is at this point anyway, um, I think that's a, that's an attractive position. So that's the other thing to look at. So while we want to look at needs, we also don't want, don't want to reach when there are players out there that we're not quite into, you know. So if there is that cornerback or safety that, you know, really is that best player on the board, you know, it might be time to just make that move.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: I completely agree. Um, in, in addition to the guys
0: that I mentioned, I really like Logan Wilson in this spot. Like I said, I think he might be gone a little bit earlier than this. Uh, I got to watch him a little bit more today as well. And, and, you know, I really like his range, um, as a linebacker, Van Jefferson, wide receiver out of Florida. I think he's really talented as well. Uh, and he could be an interesting addition. So doubling up on the wide receivers in the draft, I think is something that the Ravens are going to do. Uh, but you know, it depends on if it will be this early or not. I think in in my mind here the pick has to be Akeem Davis Gaither, um, just a line. I agree with who can, you. Who's got the range? I think that's the guy in this spot
1: that makes the most sense. I agree with you, especially because I don't think Logan Wilson is a realistic you know person that's really going to be there at that point, mm-hmm. based off the buzz um, that seems to be out there. Um, so I agree with you. I think even even then. Akeem Davis-Gator might still be the pick. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. But at least for this point, Akeem, welcome to Baltimore. All right. So now we
0: got 13 picks before our next one. So we got 106. A lot of the same guys still on the board for us here. Logan Wilson is still on the board. Um, We did miss out on some of the wide receivers that I had my eye on, which is okay. You know, they're still going to be available in rounds four, five, and six. Uh, some some quality players. Um, now here you mentioned tight end. Is this an appropriate spot for tight end? Maybe uh, there's a couple guys, but there's
1: also I just scroll by it and I. You know, speaking of it. running backs, there's also a couple running backs on the board here that might not be yeah uh, yeah Antonio a bad Gibson choice. Memphis, whether maybe? that be a Zach Moss out of Utah, maybe Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, which i'll be honest with you i don't know a whole lot about him personally but yeah you know, i just see that he's he's currently the top player rated uh on the board here so i guess he's a running back wide wide receiver hybrid kind of player so yeah he actually might be a very intriguing player for the ravens as that um you know fourth fourth running back you know kind of player um what do you think about that i mean that's i don't know I don't know. Well, eh, I don't know that I like this guy. I'm reading, you know, worst trade is pass protecting. So, I don't know that that's what we want in our backfield uh, with Lamar. I don't know about Eno Benjamin. Let's see.
0: NFL comp is Paul he is Perkins. dynamic,
1: man. He is, he's is he, electric. Yeah. Is he electric? I don't know. And who's Paul Perkins? I don't recall Paul Perkins. Paul Perkins.
0: the NFL comp. Was, he was... Uh on the Ravens for a week or two on the practice squad Paul Perkins uh, but, really yeah but yeah but he was he was he was on the NFL roster with the Giants when they had all those injuries at running back okay mm. okay if, yeah if it's not go it's back not here. impressive
1: when someone's supposed to be good and their comparisons are names that you've never heard of um I think it's odd that they're finding those kind of names to compare people to but I guess I guess, whatever. Um, so, if, okay. if we're going to go running back here, my pick would be Zach Moss.
0: And I, I'm not sure if you've been able to check up on him. But he just seems like uh, a power guy. Like, uh, very similar to Gus Edwards. So, I mean...
1: Gotcha. If you're well, you know what? Gus, There's something to be said for needing, needing um, depth at running back. And when your pro comparison is Kareem Hunt, I'm going to say that makes me feel a little bit better than some of the pro comparisons of these other backs that are out there. So just on that alone, which Mm -hmm. is very poor decision-making process, but just on that alone, I'm going to agree with you and say, I think Zach Moss is our choice here. And the end too, I also don't think Logan Wilson is going to actually be here as much as I'd like to say, Oh my gosh, let's take him now. There are some other considerations, I guess we could make for some of the edge players that are out there. Alex, High, Alex Highsmith from Charlotte seems like an interesting player. Bradley Na, I think is how you say this guy's mm-hmm. name uh, from Utah, seems like an interesting player. You know, I I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim to know a ton about either. But I know as I've been doing, you know, these mocks, they seem to be guys that are falling in this range and. I've taken them a few times as I've gone through, um, who, you know, how are you feeling here? I mean, is this time for us to take a running back?
0: This is a strange spot. Um, because if we're also looking at running back, we can maybe target a guy like AJ Dillon later on. So I'm not sure that we'd take a running back here, but you know, based on the guys that are sitting here, I'm not, uh, overly impressed with, uh, you know, a lot of value that we might be able to get. So Maybe maybe Moss is the way to go. I mean, if he if he's the best player available for our you know potential
1: roster, then I think he's the guy. All right, let's do it. Mr. Moss. Welcome, to Baltimore. All right. All right, yeah. we're heading uh up to our pick in the fourth round, number one twenty-nine, our second pick in the fourth round. Uh, just to give you another recap of uh, what we've done so far as uh, surrogate Eric DeCostas. uh we started out the first round with A.J. Epines- Epinesa out of Iowa, uh, the edge, edge outside linebacker defensive end. Uh, we've got Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC at wide receiver in the second round, followed by Robert Hunt, the interior office- offensive lineman from Louisiana. Then we brought in Akeem Davis, Gator, the linebacker out of Appalachian State, and Zach Moss, the running back from Utah. So, with our second pick here in the fourth round, what what position screams out at you right now that we need to attack? You know, so one of the guys that I see on the board here is
0: Reggie Robinson, the second, the corner out of Tulsa. Uh, I think he really fits what the Ravens like to do uh, with their corners. He's he's he, I mean, he can just play, I, and you know, you can you can watch some some highlights of him, and you know, he just seems like he might be a Ravens type of guy. And like we said, you know, don't be surprised if the Ravens go in the secondary. I think you know, a guy like him, or a guy uh, that might be available later, is uh, a meek Robinson. Um, and I am blanking on the school for him, but you know, he's another guy that just seems like you know can fit into the slot uh, slot DB spot and, and contribute immediately. But in this spot is, is, is Reggie Robertson is the guy that's uh, sticking out to me. Robinson, I'm sorry. Uh, the other guy is Kenny Willikus, the edge out of Michigan state. Um, he's a lot like Ipanesa in which like, he's not the most uh, dynamic pass rusher, but he has really good technique. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that we want two of that kind of guy, but uh you know, doubling up on the edge is something that I can see the Ravens doing just to, you know, hope that one of them works out and that kind of deal. I think the last time they did that was probably with Ty Bowser and Tim Williams, but, uh, you know, it hasn't, hasn't truly worked out the way that they wanted, but I, I think this might be a good spot for, uh, for a corner.
1: I'll tell you a guy that intrigues me, and I know we already picked Robert Hunt, so this would seem to be... Maybe overkill at this point on on either on both of these respects, but i like John Simpson out of Clemson. He's a guy that intrigues me um, to add adding him to our power run game. I also like these two players, Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. He he's not going to blow people away with speed, but he makes catches. I, I just really like. You know he's one of those guys that that I see making a roster and impacting more than scouts give him credit for. Um, also, uh, Ben Bredesen, Bredesen um, I believe is how you say his name, um, inside or in, inside, interior offensive lineman, if I can speak. Uh, out of Michigan, you know, again, just that Michigan connection uh, jumps out at me as as player. Uh, you know, whenever a Michigan player. Shows up, it it, you know, you've got to think there might be a connection there with the Harballs, and and again, some of the guys I'm mentioning could also be our choice at one thirty four as well, because we are in another situation where the Ravens mm-hmm. only have uh, five five choices between their picks. Um, another name I like is James Prochet. Out of uh, SMU, the wide receiver, again, another player who is not going to blow you away with their speed, but will make contested catches. They're going to run good routes. I really think, you know, it's it's going to be amazing to see how many wide receivers have decent NFL careers out of this draft because it really is unbelievable the depth throughout, throughout each round.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many wide receivers and and it really makes me think that the shift towards like the NFL passing offense is really hitting the, you know, the youth in high school and college football. Now, like all the best athletes are playing wide receiver instead of running back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, instead of safety and things like that. So, I mean, you know, these deep wide receiver classes might be something that continues as well. Um, you know, I'm okay with a lot of players here, to be honest. You know, Reggie Robinson is the one that stands out to me. Uh, I also like Lynn Bowden, the wide receiver out of Kentucky. Um, you know, a little – not not the biggest uh, wide receiver out there, which, you know, maybe we want a little bit of contrast to go with Miles Boykin and, and Hollywood Brown. But um, – well, I'll uh, be I honest with that, you.
1: Though. I am, I am good with Reggie Robinson. I think at some point we are going to take a, a, someone in the secondary. Um, if you are high on him, I don't have a lot of, of background on him personally, but I am good to go there. I think a lot of the players I like best in this range, we could get five picks later at at one thirty four. Okay.
0: And can you just do a, a quick search on um Amika sure. Robinson? robertson sorry i keep i keep switching these two guys up i think robertson is the guy that i'm a little bit higher on
1: um he's Robinson? Okay. a meek. oh hey, a he's i mean he's picked been already? picked or i guess he's just not ranked okay maybe he's been picked already but okay, okay i think he's been
0: picked already it looks like All right, he's in great. That guy. Case, I guess I guess the computer liked him a little bit more than we did, but yeah, I mean, I I think here's the spot to go for for the
1: secondary. All right, well here we go, Reggie Reggie Robinson the second cornerback from Tulsa. Welcome to Baltimore. All right, so then here we go, 129. Yeah, we're already back on the on the clock at one thirty four. So who was taken? Were any of the players that we would like? taken Harrison hand john there's John Simpson he was taken off the board Jason Stowbridge James Lynch um so here we go so who else is out there my two guys Tyler Johnson and Ben braderson are still on the board but they're a little bit farther down compared to some of these other players um is there anyone that, that's still on here that jumps out for you no I think the guys that you mentioned there are are pretty good fits as well. So it's either wide receiver or or interior offensive line. Do you think it's, you know, worthwhile to add some more offensive line depth or or do we want to add uh, another wide receiver? Now I think if I if now, yeah, six two two oh five. So I mean Tyler Johnson is getting be another big guy. He's got great ball tracking skills. You know, he had back to back one thousand yard seasons, double digit touchdown campaigns for Minnesota. You know, and so obviously they didn't have a great quarterback unless I'm unless I am forgetting someone that's amazing at Minnesota. It, it says something to me that, you know, this guy without, you know, the 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 tape measure speed and all the the the, you know, superlatives that some of the guys early in the draft are getting. He'll, he still put up some pretty darn good numbers and I have a feeling he's going to end up having a good NFL career. Um, right. But that's let's just me falling in love with YouTube videos. What am I going to say?
0: Yeah, let's go for Tyler Johnson. I mean, All another right. another go. guy that's been that's been lo- pl- applauded for his route running, which I think is really important. You know, just the ability to get open is absolutely. Runs All right, so here we are now.
1: So just to give you a, a quick rundown, we're about to pick now at at one fifty seven. Uh, we've got uh, AJ Epinesa, Michael Pittman Jr., Robert Hunt, interior offensive lineman from Louisiana, Keith Gaveth Gather, the linebacker, running back Zach Moss out of Utah, Reggie Robinson, the cornerback out of Tulsa, and Tyler Johnson, who we just picked, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. So now we're picking, we have two more picks left. So we've got our pick here at 157 in the fifth round. And then we're going to choose again in the seventh round. So is there is there a position that you're looking at at all here Gone? gee, we should try to look for somebody here because <clears throat> this is the point in the draft for you. I don't want to say you're reaching, but you're also going to just go get that player that you like because you've only got two picks left. So, you know, there's Derek Tuska from North Dakota State who is an edge outside linebacker, a little undersized, but he's got a lot of motor, you know, somebody that to me could, um, you know, provide some, some third down pass rush, you know, provide some special teams play. I mean, at this point in the draft, we want to try to just get guys who can give you more than their position may be able to provide. Um, So that's, you know, that's, that's the guy that stands out for me as I look at this list, who's, Who's standing out for you as we scroll through? Um, you know, I think you're a, bit, a little bit more familiar with
0: Tuska than I am, um, so I will I will go along uh, with your scattering report of him. Um, some of the other guys in this spot that I like, you know, we we've already doubled up on wide receivers, but uh, Devin Duvernay out of Texas, I think he's going to be a guy that's gone way before this. Um, you know, I think he can really play. Um, you know, he was alongside Colin Johnson and and you know was was very productive in, in that Texas offense. Um AJ Dillon was a running back that I that I mentioned before, but of course we already took the beast Zach Moss. Uh can you scroll down a little bit, please? And Julian Blackman in the safety out of Utah's is somebody that I have had my eye on in this range. I think he a really good player The Utah defense was really good uh, this past year, but uh, we already have, you know, a, you know, we added Reggie Robinson at the corner spot. So here I think is a, you know, we we've, we've gone pretty much along with the needs of the Ravens and while still picking really good players. Um, so I think here's a spot where we can just go for a guy that we really like, um, you know, at at any point in this draft, we're going to be doubling up on the position by now. Um, you know, I, I can't really see us taking a quarterback at this spot. You know, that wouldn't really make all that much sense. And I think the, the tight ends, you know, not really that all that great in this range. You know, we would we would have had to move a lot earlier on those. So I think we can just go with somebody that we really like. And it sounds like you really like uh, Derek Tesca.
1: Add uh, to that pass rush a little bit, get a little bit. Of yeah, going, I mean, I like you know, Derek. Tuska. <clears throat> Excuse me, I like Derek Tuska, but we've also got you know Antonio Gandy Golden's on the board. Again, we've already you know taken two wide receivers, but he's another guy that you know is a pretty exciting player at this point in the draft. Um, you know, I and and a player that it, I believe it uh, even last week, but if or, or maybe a few weeks ago, but. Uh, In one of the pre-draft interviews, Eric DeCosta mentioned how um, he thought that you could get an impactful wide receiver, a day one rookie wide receiver as late as the fifth round. And so I got to believe that a player like Antonio Gandy-Golden is the player that he's kind of talking about or one of the players that he's talking about that could be uh, an impactful wide receiver drafting in the fifth round
0: yeah yeah for sure but you know in, in our purposes here yeah, I, I I'm not sure that taking three wide outs makes the most sense but, like
1: because we already have what four guys that we know are gonna be on the roster Oh, I'm with you I'm with you I'm Great just throwing fight. out names here because at this point like you said I mean it's really about what talent is on the board we've kind of filled needs. For the most part, here and there, but you know, is there anyone that really jumps out? I mean, you know, look, uh you know the Tusca, I know a little bit about some of its YouTube hype I'm uh, you know as more, you know the player you don't know that you know is amazing um so that could just be me falling for some hype here. if there's anyone as you look down the I army, mean, this bravi and Roy guy. Uh, interior defensive lineman from Baylor you know anybody from Baylor that's six one three twenty? I don't know why that <laughs> intrigues me but it it does you know so <laughs> you know there's always other players on the board here too um what are you thinking um let's
0: see This is a tough spot. I mean, Gino Stone is another really good player. Um, you know, another safety. He's from Iowa. Another really, really good player that might fit. Um, I kind of do like a, a safety in this spot. Um, I'm going to let you make the pick, man. All right. In that case, let's go uh, Julian Blackman out of Utah, the safety. I just think adding adding depth back there, uh, you know, along with the other players that we've been able to add here, uh, we're just, you know, adding to the riches that we have uh, at every spot.
1: And the reality is, you know, we're gonna make a trade. I mean, there's no yeah. way we actually end up making these. We might have the same number of picks in the end, but there's no way. We pick at these exact spots by the end of the weekend. I I can't imagine that the Ravens won't be making trades uh, in in some form or fashion. I'm not sure that I see them making some move to trade up or anything like that. But I do see them maybe in the second, third rounds. If there's somebody that has fallen that they really want to grab, that's where I see them potentially making a move. Yeah. Um, yeah, now let's see here. We, we are down to our last pick of the draft, uh, pick number 225. Um, you know, there's a player that I always have, or I shouldn't say always, but I've got made a point of choosing, um, throughout the last couple weeks of me doing these, these mock drafts. And that's Joe Reed. Out of Virginia, he's a wide receiver, and I know we've already taken two, but he's he's different from those wide receivers. He's a kick returner, punt returner, special team extraordinaire kind of a player. Doesn't have a great receiving skill set yet, or at least a route tree yet. I, he has good hands. He's just not really the the you know technical wide receiver out there. A lot of people think that he might be a player that could be moved to running back at some point, used in the right backfield. Um, so this is this player to me screams Raven, um, especially with how we you know uh, feel about special teams and our need for wide or our returner rather. Um, you know, DeAnthony Thomas aside, you know, I think this is definitely something. A, a player that would be a, a major help to us.
0: I agree with you. I think this is really a dark horse need for the Ravens. Um, first of all, at the kick returner and, and punt returner position. Uh, you know, DeAnthony Thomas was solid last year, but, you know, nothing spectacular, I guess. You know, he did have some really bright moments, but I think the Ravens brought him back on just the vet minimum for one year. So that kind of shows me that they might be okay with moving on from him. You know, they they haven't invested too much in him. Uh, So that's one need that Joe Reed might make. And then also on the special teams coverage side, you know, he seems to, uh, you know, be a contributor there too. And we mentioned several times last year in which the the special teams coverage unit struggled and adding quality special teams players uh, who also can provide quality in other spots as well, uh, you know, be multifaceted is is something that you would love to get at this point in the draft, getting that, you know, two-sided value there. So I think you you need that
1: at this point in the draft. I mean, it's almost like you can't really take a player and assume that, oh, well, they're a wide receiver only. No, if you're taking a seventh round pick, they better be ready to play special teams because that's the only way they're going to make the team. Um, Especially when you consider how many, uh, roster spots the Ravens have available for the you know undrafted free agents and other you know standard vet free agents and and everything else. So um, it's uh, I think he's the pick here if he's available.
0: I think so and too. Joe and and like like you said, Joe Reed. You know he might not even get drafted. Um, but I, I'm glad that we're talking about him now because he is a guy that I think the Ravens and Ravens fans should have their eye on. You know, we're we're going to take him in the seventh round here in our draft, um, but he should be a priority free agent for the Ravens if he goes undrafted uh, for some of the reasons that we just talked about. And, you know, like you said, we only have, you know, 57 guys under contract right now. We can sign like 20 plus guys, uh, including all these draft picks. So, you know, there are going to be a ton of undrafted free agents come in, a ton of vets that we might bring in. So, I think Joe Reed should definitely be one of those guys. And you're hovering over one more guy uh, that that uh, we've become fans of. I know of. you're Zach. in love. I know yeah, you're Zach in love. Or- Zach Orr's younger brother, Chris Orr, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. I think there's a ton of value here. Um, not sure why he wasn't invited to the NFL Combine or isn't getting that much buzz. But I think he can really play in addition to being, you know, having his brother on the coaching staff and having that rapport already. Uh, I think that would be a really, really good fit. So either um, with this last pick here or as a as a free agent addition to the Ravens defense, uh, I, I think he would be a really, really nice add. So either one of those two guys, and then just assume that we send the other one in free agency, uh, I think we should go Joe Reed.
1: I'm going with you there. Let um, me just find him here. And there he is, Joe Reed. Thank you for finishing up the draft. Welcome to Baltimore So we'll let this finish up here And then we can go back over Some of the interesting players If there's anyone we'd like to see Where they ended up uh, As we uh, drafted here That didn't end up Ravens So let's see Um, So just real quick Again a final recap Of our mock draft for the Ravens Uh, A.J. Epinesa Was our first pick the edge defender out of Iowa, then Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC in the second round. Our uh, our second of our second round picks was Robert Hunt, the interior offensive lineman out of Louisiana. Uh, first of our third round picks was Akeem Davis-Gaither, the linebacker out of Appalachian State. And then Zach Moss, the running back from Utah, rounded out our third round. Then our, the first of our two fourth-round picks was Reggie Robinson the second, the cornerback out of Tulsa, followed up by Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver from Minnesota. And then our final two picks in the draft, Jul- Julian Blackman, the safety out of Utah, and then Joe Reed, the wide receiver from Virginia. So I think my first takeaway from this, TK, is that we have a lot of scouts uh, work in the Salt Lake area. Yeah, very strange. Pretty hard. Pretty yeah. hard. Two players out of Utah drafted by the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were a potential playoff team. You know, it was this this past year. I think where they end up being like number five or number six, they got left out. They left. They lost late. But that was a good team. It was a good defense. So Julian Blackman was a big part of that. Zach Moss, I think uh, a, a lot of people are a fan of. Um, you know, outside of those first three running backs first four or five running backs you know he's a guy that really draws a lot of attention uh in the draft you know we were able to address a lot of the ravens needs but i don't think we were necessarily drafting for need we were we were finding quality players that we liked that just happened to fit the ravens needs so yeah and i think, I I think possible
1: that's to do both it is possible to do both i mean i i think we talked out each each choice you know fairly well as far as trying to figure out who we thought was best uh, per choice and it it was a good conversation I mean I think I think this was a very intriguing look at what the Ravens are gonna have available to them as they draft and I'll tell you what I'm gonna be especially intrigued um, to, to watch the draft unfold and see how we see how we did
0: yeah for sure I mean we're doing this remote the Ravens are gonna have to do it remote so you know, they might as well just let us join the call and, and see what we think. Um, you know, okay. looking at the you know, draft, I can't I agree I with g- you more. Yeah, I think I got to give us an A plus. Um, you know, a, a immediate draft grades that are way too early. A plus for us.
1: Um, oh, I, I would agree we, with you, man. We knocked it out we, of the park. Yeah. yeah, we had to have. I mean, we 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 filled needs as you said without reaching. Um, we improved our wide receiver depth. Um, we've added to our incredibly deep uh, secondary depth and special teams depth. Um, you know, we, I, I would say I'm a little disappointed that we, we only ended up with a team Davis Gator at linebacker, just based off of our, you know, what I tend to do as I'm, I'm going through, you know, I have tended to prioritize a linebacker in either the second or the third round. But I guess, I mean, we picked Davis Gaither in the third round, but I usually in either 55 or 60, I'm ending up with a linebacker. Um, And even sometimes when I've chosen a linebacker with that 28 pick. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Is there um, anything that you've you noticed that's a little different between how you've drafted compared to how we drafted as a team?
0: You know, this is the first time I took a running back. Um, I I like hadn't taken a running back yet. I just figured that there would be some undrafted guys uh, that that the Ravens might yeah. be interested in. But you know, a guy like Zach Moss can pack quite a punch uh, to the to the running game. You know, Mark Ingram said the you. Know, competition breeds excellence pretty much. And no matter how good that running back group was last year, you know, you can always, always get better. And, you know, competition will help that. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens do draft somebody. I don't think it's going to be number 28 um, in that first round, like some people
1: are predicting, but, uh, you know, who knows. I would Um, be severely disappointed if we left the first round with the running back. Yes, agreed. that is, I mean, look, uh, let me put it this way. If, if we leave the, the draft with a running back, he better be Saquon Barkley-esque.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I don't say that lightly. I, it, he needs to be impactful. I mean, it's not, we're not just getting a guy in the first round to join the running back squad. If we're drafting him, he's our guy. You know, maybe, I mean, obviously he's, he would start to split carries with Ingram. I mean, obviously, you know, Mark Ingram's the man, but you, but you draft a guy in the first round that by the end of the year, he's the starter. You know, that's why you draft a running back. I mean, am I wrong?
0: No, I, I don't think so. It's just, I, I don't see it as, even I don't if, see it, it even if, yeah, even if it is the best player available, I, I just don't see the Ravens going that way. I think, uh, if they'll find somebody else who, who would address kind of a need uh, a little bit. But um yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we did a pretty good job drafting here. You know, this is just one run through the draft network, um, draft simulator, mock draft machine. So, you know, it's going to obviously fall different every time, and real life is not going to be exactly like this either. But, you know, I hope this was uh, an enjoyable episode, uh, you know, a little bit different, um, you know. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as as we did. Uh, we have two pieces of news that I need to discuss um, before we sign off here. The first, Rob Gronkowski. Well, wow, Rob Gronkowski traded to the Tampa Bay Bucks to rejoin Tom that, Brady.
1: Yeah, the. The tricky, tricky Buccaneers making some moves now that yeah. they've got Tom Brady. I mean, that is a more intriguing team uh, the more and more the weeks go by. I mean, if if they can keep Brady upright, um, holy gosh, that could be a, a fun team to watch for my friends and family down in Tampa Bay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy out there. Fourth round pick. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They got Gronk in a seventh for a fourth rounder. And I feel like that's pretty good. I mean, the Patriots, yeah. I think I heard they have one pick in the first 85 picks. So they,
1: I mean, I for a player that was retired, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's pretty freaking fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't coming back to play for the Patriots. So. Nope. For them, it's a free first fourth round pick, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, that's one interesting thing. And, you know, at
0: least he's out of the AFC and we won't have to see him. Um, the other thing is some some lighter news. Lamar Jackson to be on the cover of Madden. Uh, what is it? 2021 now? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So was second Raven ever, I think he kind of spoiled the news. Matt I think Madden was hoping to uh, announce it themselves, but he announced it to the Ravens today on his video conference. Uh, that's awesome. I, I'm very excited about it. I am anti-Madden curse. What about you?
1: I Yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I think that's great. It was bound to happen. Let's be real. He plays like a video game. It makes sense to have him on a video game cover. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm more... At this point, I believe more in the Drake curse than the uh, than the Madden curse. You know, yeah, at that this seems point, over. you know the thing that the thing that uh, I think concerns I don't know if concern is the right word. I, I don't think concern is really the right word. But how about the tattoo? By the way, speaking of our <laughs> our our uh, our sports god Lamar Jackson, I mean love the kid to death. That's an interesting choice. Let's just put it that way. I mean, it's his body. God bless. So you know, I, some people love tattoos, but not the choice I probably would have made. How about you?
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, not what I would have done. I am glad that it was kind no. of Ryan's themed. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: I'm more, I, I don't will know. say I think I it bodes well for contract negotiations in the future because he's got he's to gotta stick around now. Because he's got that tattoo.
0: Right. That's true. That's true. You can't just go to the Patriots with a with a Ravens no. tattoo.
1: You can't turn those uh, those feathers into dolphins if you go down to Miami to finish your career. You know? Right. Well, um, so he's staying with us forever, and,
0: and he's got no choice. That's good. Exactly.
1: So now it is, and he's just going to become the best fo- football player of all time. It's just it, it, now it's settled.
0: Yep, yep. That works for me. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm good with that plan. Um, I am. Too. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention before we sign off here?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, just everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the draft on Thursday. It's going to be a fun one. How about you take us out, TK?
0: Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back after the draft uh, to review and to look at maybe some. Holes that still need filling with some free agents. Uh, for Andrew Holly, INTK, stay safe, everybody, and go Ravens. Go Ravens.